right, it's on the correct scene. We've done it, we introed. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five, your weekly FGC-ish talk show, where we talk about we're, FGC among other things, mostly among other things. Go ahead. We're FGC tangent. FGC tangent. FGC adjacent, I, I prefer. I was going to say FGC parallel. This is why we let Elon host the show. Because <laughs> I can't get my jokes out otherwise. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Apparently it's dead. And we have proof. We've seen its gravestone. EXO Academy, starting season three, they have new recruits with some pretty cool opportunities. We have Dems Fighting Herd updates. Big ups to the people who can spot the Dems Fighting Herd Easter egg on the Twitch channel. Uh, we have tournament announcements. We have maybe trailer reactions. Who knows? But before we get to all that, let me introduce our cohorts here because I forgot to do that. I'm a terrible host. First, joining us straight out of Minnesota. I was going to say Wang, but I'm not going to say that. F uh, coming in hot with uh, gold medal in schedules. Steve, the main squeeze, a skiing officer. How's it going, Steve? I feel like a starting small forward. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, 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 I feel like I'm going to go for 20 and 15 tonight. Oh, you, you better. You got to beat the spread. Got to beat the spread. And joining us straight out of Maryland and from the Xanadu area, coming in with a gold medal in content creation and being a badass in general. The purple Sharpie. I don't live in Virginia. I do live in Virginia. I don't Wait. live in Maryland, which is what Elon said. Oh, I apologize. What's that? Elon was wrong. This is I a apologize. book called She Memes Well by Quinta Brunson. And I have been reading this religiously, and I'm only saying this because later when I clip it for Twitter, I want her to know that I'm reading her book. Really oh. good, Quinta. Well, there you go. Thanks for writing Baseball books. Girls with me. And Skullgirls with me, Quinta. Do it. Anyway, thank you both for joining me. This show would be terrible otherwise, so I'm glad you both are here. Now, I already previewed the topics, so I think it's about time we get to the show. Steve, do we have... I know I know, we have a truncated version of the recap today. What do we got going on? What, what happened? Uh, what happened is uh, the final... CPT event uh, before a few weeks off. Uh, over the next couple weeks, you'll be seeing events, uh, the closed qualifiers for the uh, Street Fighter edition uh, or the Street Fighter half of the Intel World Open, and Capcom's leaving their schedule blank for a little bit uh, to give them space to do their thing. So, this is the last CPT event for a few weeks, and we ended in. You know, my home region, the Midwest, North America Central, um, and the Midwest well-represented, uh, no neutral re well-represented, uh, your co-hosts in the grand final, Rob TV versus Brian F., brother versus brother. Um, it was it, oh, so heartbreaking to see. You know, you fight through all everyone else, and then it's your own partner. You gotta, you gotta battle at the end. Uh, it was Rob, 
who got the win over Brian Robb is headed to Capcom Cup as a competitor. Um, probably would have headed there as an analyst had he not qualified, but he don't got to worry about that now. Brian still got a little bit of work to do in uh, NA Central too. Uh, Justa, formerly known as Just a Kid, in third. Joey, the former Minnesota native, rounding out the top four. So I, I, I still got my pizza on Joey. Shout out to Joe Umerogan for their tied for 13. <laughs> <laughs> Easily the best name of the week. Easily. Oh, man. I'll, I'll, I mean, Magnegro's a classic. Oh, but my I feel God. Like... Come on. Come on, Steve. We're just what? We're just. We're just. What? That's his name. Huh? That's his name. That's his name. His name is Magnegro. What do you want me to say? I'll just keep saying it. Say what? What? What's wrong with me saying Mike Negro? That's the guy's name. That's that's. Come back, Elon. Elon. There we go. Get, get, get. All right, we're, we're back. coming back. We're coming back. Relax, relax. All right. So, by the way, by the way, you are allowed to say that his name once. I'm not gonna say you it. Said it. Oh, thank you, Elon. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Elon is allowed to say it once. We we've got we've got a little bit more uh, leeway. Why, I will why not... is that, Steve? Why is that? Because we you are know, both what? Uh we're both uh panelists. Oops, I didn't mean to bring it back up again, but Anywho, let's go ahead and move on. Steve Actually actually if I'm honest, Sharpie, you could probably say it twice as much as I can. If we're being honest. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> first of all, if let's give ourselves. If we're really being honest, let's go ahead and give a big round of applause to Kwanzai bringing the peace, harmony, and togetherness that Kwanzaa brings, which is what we need this fantastic Best of V show right now. I'll be honest with you. A fantastic palate cleanser. Am I right, Elon? Yeah, I was going to say palate cleanser. You read my mind. All right. Steve, was there anything else for the recap this week? Uh, Recap-wise, that's it. Uh, like I said, uh, the next couple weeks, starting next Tuesday, uh, the close qualifiers for the Intel World Open will kick off. CPT is actually off until the China event, which is the weekend of July 10th. So, so yeah, the next two weekends are CPT free. If you feel a little overwhelmed from all the Capcom Pro Tour action, you've got a little bit of a breather now. And breathing is always good. It keeps us alive. Am I right? You Yes, you know what else is, is good? definitely fundamental. Oh, what's good, Steve? Uh, what what else is good is cool air, and I need to uh, acquire some cool air. So pardon me, I'm going to hop off screen for about 15 seconds. Okay. I apologize. While Steve's doing that, Sharpie, I feel like you should lead this next topic of ours, because you have much more experience with uh, this organization than I do. So, the EXO Academy has announced a new season, a new person, and a new person being coached. That's true. Correct? I actually think, do we have a clip? 
Do we have a clip of some of the announcement stuff? Do we have some of the... So we don't have any clips. However, I was able to pull this up. This is Beauty being announced to XO Academy Season 3 in the Tekken 7 uh, category. And she's being coached by none other than the winningest. The IFC, ICFC champion, Cuddlecore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's really not- exciting. Not, uh, you can't do much better than, than that for a coach. Right? It's Cuddle, yeah. really exciting to see her coming back as a coach, see a brand new face, and I believe this is actually one of the very first times that we're actually seeing a student coming from the Midwest. She resides specifically in Texas. Texas is kind of sensitive about being called Midwest, I'll be very honest with you, Steve, you know that better than anyone, like... Texas likes to be their own little time zone, but yes. still kind of ish Midwest is South Midwest. Okay. South Midwest, South ish. Anyway, beauty's a fantastic player here for Tekken seven. Let's go ahead and explain a little bit more about beauty. Cause she's a fantastic person. I had the good pleasure of actually coaching her with social media and some of her stream stuff, uh, which definitely check her out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash sv underscore beauty that's s as in sierra v as in victor underscore beauty all on twitch really fantastic she has been an amazing streamer it's really fantastic watching her grow and one of the really cool things is that she's 100 percent a player player you know what i mean like there are certain people that when they stream they are really just kind of learning and growing with the game but the very first time she pulled up her stream and i started watching her content i was like this person knows this game knowing that she's going to get an opportunity to train with one of the best players nay i say the best tekken player in the world right now pedalcore and has already a fantastic foundation in tekken 7 i'm so excited to see what she can grow into as a person inside of our community in general not just as a player because i feel like Calling her a player is so one-dimensional. But I see that we have her vlog up, so why don't we go ahead and just yeah. pull the quick little preview of that. Yeah, so big thanks to Red Bull Gaming is uh, sponsoring this for XO Academy, allowing her to vlog. So we get to follow along in her coaching sessions and everything. So if you go to at uh, XO Academy, right, that's their Twitter, at XO Academy. I'm on it. I probably should have looked at it before I at, said something. At XO Academy FGC. There you go. Hey everybody, I'm Beauty. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I am a Elisa and Shaolin player. And this is my journey on Pixel Academy. I am super excited. I've been working extremely hard to progress in Tekken. Um, my goal throughout all of this is just to surpass not just other expectations, but even my own expectations for myself. I've come very far for those who have known me since the beginning. Um, when I first started playing offline, I wasn't intending to like make a name for myself. My intentions was not to surpass anybody. I was honestly just enjoying taking like I lived taking I grew up on. Um, but seeing like other people's drive forward and the hype and the motivation, it just made me love it even more. So yeah, I'm coming for love services, so be on the lookout. <laughs> All right, big ups to XO Academy for not only getting a decent player, and by decent I mean really good. Let's be real. The Dallas Texas scene is actually really good for Tekken. That's Very where competitive. 
Yeah. Very, very competitive scene down there. Yeah, Ice Cold Edge is over there. Spirogen was over here. Uh, and they got they had a round one before it got released on consoles. So, like, people from Austin would normally travel up there to go play. Great people. Super awesome to have uh, somebody from the South, as it were, uh, Texas, uh, being represented. And who better than Beauty? Somebody who seems like they actually really love the game. I am required by law to notate that none of this would be possible without Persia XO. Everyone knows the ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 goddess herself running this entire organization. She is a fantastic founder. She's a fantastic person to work with. And she is personally making sure that every single femme that comes into the community has an opportunity as well through XO Academy, which is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see how far EXO Academy has come because I remember way back when when I was not the host and I think I was a very very green technical director for Best of Five. Uh, we even had Persia on the show to explain a little bit about EXO Academy and everything. So it's super cool to see that not only is it still going but it's like really showing up and they're doing on its amazing third things. Year. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really crazy to see this because the reality is I don't want to put my foot in my mouth when I say this, but since I've been inside of the community, I've seen a lot of communities focus on women growth, femme growth, and the community making sure to retain and educate people here, uh, specifically that identify as female. And I have to say that this is one of the most complete and organized and very, very comprehensive organizations doing the work that it says it's doing. Not to state that other organizations are not, but it takes that ec extra amount of to make sure that everything goes according to plan when i say the player is set up the player has meetings with a, a personal trainer the, the person has a social media meeting the person has twitch and all of their social media set up they have commentators experience in helping them they have actual player coaches like a lot of orgs only have a player coach you know and then like an hr head or something like that so it's it's really really nice to see this being offered for people and once again shout outs to red bull gaming for giving all of these girls their wings and making it possible for um the financial side of it to, to happen as well good uh good good shout out to red bull there even including the giving wings i appreciate that i'm gonna give you a little clappy clap go ahead this Steve, is why I'm, I'm a panelist this is why i get paid zero dollars and zero cents everybody don't we all why it's also very important that you follow us on spotify that's the only <laughs> way i get anything out of this true <laughs> But to build off what you've said, um, the the approach that EXO Academy takes is something I've really, really liked. Uh, you know, you mentioned that they have coaches for social media. They have coaches for, you know, not just learning how to play the game, but learning how to become a pro player if you want to pursue that. You know, branding, how, how to... How, you know, commentary. I, I remember. I think it was season one where they had, uh, where they brought in James Chen to to work with the students on commentary. So it, it it's sort of like a holistic approach to bringing players up, which is, in my opinion, not just you know it, it it's top of the line, not just among organizations in the FGC that work with women specifically, but organizations within the FGC period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, big ups to XO Academy. We're going to be following their progress very, very closely because I'm excited. Especially, you know, like I said, especially somebody from the state I'm at. 
working on some Tekken 7? I'm I'm gonna be keeping tabs. Anything else we want to mention about EXO Academy before we move on? Support women and femmes in the fighting game community. Hey. Uh, yeah, I agree. So I wasn't... Yeah, anyway, who cares? I was about to apologize for being... That was a positive a, a. a. Yes. That was a co-signing A. Yes. Speaking of co-signing, we remember way back when when Harada himself had said he had co-signed on a project called Street Fighter Cross Tekken. And along with Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they were going to do... Uh, part of this agreement is that they were going to do Tekken Cross Street Fighter. We found out not too long ago in this last week that Tekken Cross Street Fighter has now officially been canceled. Wow. Or has it? Or no, some it's people been... could say that Harada or personally co-signed the death certificate. Very true. So, so um, there's actually been some news on this. Oh, uh, in the past 24 hours or so. So, uh, the origin of this is uh, Harada's Bar, which is a podcast he hosts in Japanese uh, with other developers, uh, with other people in the industry. And uh, on the latest episode, he... Yes. Um, so you're seeing some of the... Uh, a, a translation of what was being said during that episode. Um, and they were talking about uh, Tekken Cross Street Fighter. They talk about how they wish they could show the models that uh, were in the game. They got about 30% through developing it they're saying they had really good models so in essence essentially what they say in this entire uh segment here is that the project was initially put on hold for business reasons what are those business reasons not splitting up the tekken player base right because you didn't want to have tekken 7 and tekken cross street fighter you don't want to be competing against yourself that's kind of like capitalism 101 right what they did talk about is how super proud of the concept art they were because there was a lot of collaboration with a lot of different people, and they had some really, really cool project art. Uh, they had uh, some really cool adaptations, which we actually see a result of in Akuma, right? They integrated. It sounds like they had already started a certain amount of production on the actual or pre-production on the game, and they had already, one, had character art made. They had already started rendering models of certain characters mm -hmm. and they had already started perusing to see if they could get uh the rights from capcom to go ahead and create the game and it sounds like they had done two out of three of the things when things didn't start going super smooth from what i'm reading in this podcast does that sound about correct elon yeah it's it things things tangent to the project tech and cross street fighter started moving along so they put tech and cross street fighter on the back burner and that's where it stayed. Uh, and they specifically spoke about Dalsam. Dalsam. Appar apparently, Harada really liked the way Dalsam looked and played. Uh, they talked about the female character models looking really good. They talked about, uh, like I said earlier, the motion moves uh, and how they were able to integrate it with Akuma and with Geese. Uh, but yeah. Now, Steve, you're saying that there has been some news. So, yes. Um... 
So if, if we jump around, if, if you can pull that video up and jump around to about 2115. There you go. Sorry to break up the talk and chat. This is from, this is me reading the subtitles and the podcast about making tech and cross street fighter. Yeah. Development stopped, but we got about 30% done waiting. We even had motions, which you can see reflected in Akuma, right? This is what we brought up. Developing experience was useful. Animation making Animation as well. Animation making too. The chat suddenly started going quick. Here it comes. Here it comes. I think this is the chat just going crazy that they're talking about tech and cross Street Fighter. And, and then there's the blank. That's gonna get clipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dalsum turned out pretty well. Uh, yeah, female character models were really good. I wish I could have shown you. It says, I'm assuming this is Harada, or it could be because this is with um, uh, one of the Tekken developers as well. I know we can never show this, but the concept art was very good. What a waste. A lot of artists collaborated on that. It was really cool. We wanted to show it, but the project died. And that is uh, the translation that was presented on Twitter. Uh, that was the translation that spread far and wide and was uh, the official death knell of Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. However... However, Harada actually took to Twitter uh, late yesterday uh, to provide some clarification for what was said. Uh, he, from his twit longer, he says, quote, uh, first of all, at around 2125, uh, he says, Ima tomete masuyo, which means it's pending state, similar to pause. And this is the same word we have been talking about before. So, quote, up to 30% of the development was in progress, but now it is still pending, end quote. This is still the status of the project. So, according to Harada, Tekken Cross Street Fighter is no, is no different spot than it was before. It's on hold. It, it's, it's, it's not canceled, but it is not being actively developed right now. He goes hmm. on now to clarify. Oh, sorry. Uh, he goes on to clarify uh, later that, quote, we are talking about artist collaboration starting at minute 22. This is a story about how we had a famous artist draw a certain illustration for us during the development of Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Tekken also has illustrations in collaboration with famous artists, something like that. I say, Okura iri ni natan dayona, excuse me in Japanese about this collaboration. For some reason, the meaning of the word Oruka-iri is project died, but the original meaning is be shelved or put in storage. Contracts and with artists and collaborators outside the development are subject to terms and conditions, including duration. So we do not own the rights to them indefinitely. So this mm. one has been put in storage for now. You can see that the original Japanese and the English subtitles get very different impressions. So people who can hear Japanese are not particularly interested in this topic thing. So the sum of that is basically Tekken Cross Street Fighter the game is not canceled. Mm -hmm. It is still it still exists. It's still in active development or it's still in the ether somewhere but it's not imminent 
Uh, it sounds like the artist collaboration uh, that was being worked on in parallel with the game that is uh, apparently on ice. Interesting. So this is another case of lost in translation. Can I also expand a little bit on this topic? Sure. Go for it. Uh, so I am very familiar with the development cycle of games because I watch a lot of independent game developers very closely. And I've been lucky enough to like see a couple of games that I've seen come go through the development cycle and actually end up becoming produced. And I've seen a lot of games go through the development cycle and unfortunately end in the development cycle. Um, this is very common for a lot of, especially really, really big developing companies uh, when they work with publishers. And that's because for whatever reason, right, there could be something that certain publishers just don't have time or necessarily money to invest into it right now because something else is more important. So a lot of developer studios will have projects that are like this. Like there are a lot of developing pro uh, companies that do contracts, that do uh, specifically contract work, but that also do secondary projects for other things just as ways to sell them. A very common one that I'm going to talk about right now is Iron Galaxies. Iron Galaxies works on like different types of contract and project work all the time. They even talked about inside of their KI interview. They were like, we were working on a bunch of projects because we needed to make money. That's very common. And the project that you want to work on, if a publisher's like, I don't know if we're going to be pushing this right now, that always gets hit on pause. So maybe this pause wasn't necessarily because Harada wanted it, but it's very, very common for projects to hit this phase. And I think one of the reasons why the translation said that the game was dead was because that state, in that state, it is very, very likely that we will never see that game come out. It is more likely that we will never see that game come out than it is likely that that game could come out. But it is, it's not saying that game is permanently dead. I think that's why it was translated like that because that was probably the way he was like he was that was that would be the gist of what he would be saying around it would be that you know I can't really do anything to bring it back and so there's nothing I can do to make it happen which is probably why that translation happened like that because to me coming from Japanese to English that would make a lot of sense. I don't speak Japanese. I have done a couple of very very simple Japanese classes but understanding the tone at which he was talking about it that's the way I would have taken it but I also can't translate Japanese at that point yeah. uh, someone in the chat is saying Bayonetta 3 that's another very good example of things that probably people really really like Nintendo probably 100% wanted to do Bayonetta 3 at a certain point in time and then just for whatever reason, started getting really focused on another project. And so the development squad was given a bunch of other work to do. I can almost promise you that's what happened. Even though I don't work for them, I can almost like guarantee it. Allegedly, I want to add that word right now. Allegedly, because once again, I'm not in any way, shape or form hired, contracted or worked by any of these development companies that I've discussed earlier. I just want to say this is my thought process as someone who has seen development cycles for games similar to this. Uh, and also, speaking of chat, Blue brought up uh, the first instance of something like this happening with Harada's Bar, where uh, the translation of comments from uh, about rollback gave uh, gave the impression that he wasn't aware of rollback, um, and he attributed that to basically how they translated uh, in uh, created the English subtitles. Uh, and prioritized clarity of an ease of reading over and because of that they lost a lot of nuance um, I think that sort of highlights 
how difficult it is to uh, not only translate, but interpret. Because subtle little differences like that, uh, we, you know, a project on, being on hold or on the shelf versus a project being canceled. Um, there's not a ton of difference in language-wise, but it makes a huge difference in how it's interpreted. So, um, and I know Boken, uh, the man known as the interpreter, uh, he was the he was on Echo Fox, rest in peace, mm-hmm. Echo Fox. Uh, he w- he was their interpreter for their Japanese uh, players, and he also came from the Minnesota scene. So, shout outs to Boken. Uh, that's a difficult thing to do. That's a really it's it's a difficult thing to do. It's a really difficult thing to do well. So yeah. it, it even you know I don't know if Harada translates them himself or if he gets someone from the from the uh, Bandai Namco office to do it. But even when you have direct access to Harada, uh, it's still a very difficult task to, to properly express those thoughts going from one language to another. Absolutely. There's a lot of subtext there too, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's was something that we possibly saw, like right before we paused it, where it said, you know, are you still employed by that company? Are you still employed by the people that were hiring you to play that game? And like, there's just certain things developers can't always say because it's like one, if a developer went out and said, by the way, my producer here killed this project, which is something that a developer that worked on a game that I cared a lot about used to do very frequently. Um, it could ruin the status of your development company because then the producer's like, well, I don't want to work with a development company that's just going to run my name in the mud when all I'm doing is getting the money to make this game. You know, like, I don't want that to happen and then no one ends up buying your game because you're just talking mess about your publisher and saying how bad it is. Like, no one wants that. (laughs) So there's also, like, a certain amount that he can say officially or even unofficially and just in general in public public consumption and he's probably also really wary of that so there's even more subtext to probably the basic terms that he's saying like inside of that entire twit longer that you read there steve like i could see a lot of nuance just in that translation you know so it's kind of ridiculous when you think about well it's not really ridiculous what i was going to say it's kind of insane honestly to expect a translator who may not necessarily be super familiar with fighting games or even game development in general um, even just like a little bit lesser than me or something like that, that, try to have them translate it and make sure that they are able to cover everything 100% because their interest isn't necessarily in getting everything out to us. It's just in making sure that the words that they say in Japanese are understandable to people in English. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a difficult job for sure. Yeah. Anyway, I, rest I... in peace, Bayonetta 3, Mega Man Legends 3, and as always, rest in peace... Tupac and Babies. Oh. Oh. Okay, Steve. Wait. Sharpie, what did you say? That game, too. Wait, hold on. Sharpie, what did you say? Which game? said Sony All-Stars. Oh, Sony All-Stars. Yeah, rest in peace. I agree. I think think people are sort of expecting this game to get canceled. To put this into perspective, Tekken Cross Street Fighter was announced in July of 2010 11 years ago the if, if you think about games in development hell what what do you what do you think of 
The Last what, Guardian. One game. Well, that that's one of them. But <laughs> Skullgirls Vanilla, which was in a legal battle with Konami, and basically ended up dying completely. So they had to literally crowdfund but that, a second version of but, the game with a new publisher. But that game actually came out and then had the legal battle. I'm talking about games that were announced and then just never came out. Uh, Cue ball in chat is Yandre Yandre simulator. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Uh, but cue ball in chat uh, oh, is mentioning yeah. the one I I was thinking of Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, are we still going on? I was gonna say Duke Nukem, but I thought that was a dated reference that no one would understand <laughs> under the age that, of. I mean, that's thirty-two. That's that's a game that is probably the most infamous of forever delayed games sort of like the chinese democracy of video games which we're talking about dated references here um I mean, but it came out though it was bad it did it come came out. out i didn't that have the out. pre-registration that my father literally gave me for my four-year-old birthday anymore i didn't have that but it came out and it was just as terrible i mean like you know I, I, I was born into this world to play bad games and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. So, like, what was left, you know? Well, what I was going to say is, you know, as infamous as that was, uh, from announcement to the game's actual release was 14 years. Tekken Cross Street Fighter next month is going to hit 11, and it's probably not coming out next year. So we are getting into some serious it's never going to happen territory. So I, I think people are expecting to hear that the game is done. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's just sort of like there's almost a part of me that, that thinks like, okay, just do it so we can move on. Because, you know, what's the next Tekken game going to be? They're still supporting uh, Tekken 7. Are we getting a Tag 3? Are we getting... Hey, uh, you know, are we going to get Tekken Cross Street Fighter? Are we getting Tekken 8? Is that next in line? Uh, you know, what what is that next project going to be? And how far along, how far down the pipe do we have to wait for it? Yeah. Well. It's one I... of those things where it's like, if this was 2008, I would be more... I would be more surprised if a game was 10 years old and still being talked about being alive, right? But where social media is today, where buzz and where community effort can take games, especially with really, really, really niche communities like the fighting game community has with very, very active members, you can never say a game is dead. You can't, because there's still people playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and streaming tournaments for it. like. Talk, literally talk to Chris Matrix and see what that man is still playing. Because I can promise you he's still playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And there are a lot of people that are doing that. So it's one of those things where it's like, we may not see it in the next three or four years, but we'll definitely see another cross Tekken game at some point. Maybe not in our lives. Maybe after we're all dead and gone and, and taken over by Project L ultimately coming out in 2022 and taking over the entire fighting game community. But... Until then, we can all dream about the game that would be Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Am I right? Rest in peace, so Street Fighter 2010. So are you saying that Tekken Cross Street Fighter is so 2008 
And if so, does that make the rest of us so 2000 and late? Late. Got it. I'm disappointed in everybody on this podcast right now. I want you all to know that. Okay, look, I, I, I'm just going to be real. Um, this past weekend, I took a much, much, much needed uh, little staycation with my fiance. So I am so far out of the loop. Uh, my goal this week, my sole goal as a contribution to the the uh, the show is to m- throw in as many obscure references as possible. I've got uh, maybe not obscure, but non-FGC. So I got Biggie, I got Tupac, I got Black Eyed Peas in there. Let I got Duke Nukem, Chinese Democracy. Let's keep this going. I am on a roll. Yo, Big Four Lils in the chat says that that was better than Fergie's national anthem. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a pretty low bar to clear, if we're being honest. Like, like she could probably do it better than me. Or her, her singing is better than mine, even it- in that. It is. But I am not the threshold for good. Let's make that clear. Speaking of good. So, as of... Of course, everybody, there was a brand new Room Terra update. I know you saw it. Pike is in the game. Echo's in the game. Like, oh my gosh, we may even get Rek'Sai. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Wait, are we not a card game podcast? Oh, FGC... No, oh it's... my god. I got my see, this is why I'm telling you guys my manager keeps booking me for these things and doesn't tell Sorry. me what they are. Sorry. Right. We'll, see, ma- I, we'll, I, we'll I, make it work. See, I see how, you know, FGC for card games. I see how you can make that sort of slip, but That's yeah. FC. I'm also seeing that... in chat that we're a marble racing podcast. Marble racing. That's I just, right. I told them no marbles. And yet they still booked me for this thing. Like, it's just ridiculous. I hope the Marble Olympics come back this year. But anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. So, there's been a a very prominent Easter egg, I guess you could say, on this podcast the entire time. And that is because... Because what, Elon? Never mind. (laughs) I'm kidding. That is because Dems Fighting Herds version 2.1... Got announced recently. Sharpie, I think you're going to give hit us up with some deets. Yes, I about... am. Go for it. Unfortunately, everybody, this week I don't have any graphics ready because this announcement was made approximately two hours before our podcast started. But I'm so incredibly excited to announce to you that Them's Fighting Herds, developed by Main6, an independent game developer, has actually come out with version 2.1 of Them's Fighting Herds. This update adds so much more to the game, specifically quality of life services for their lobbies. That's right. You all have been asking. They listened. They updated aspects to allow people to have a significantly more fun and more better, betterer time. All right. So the very first change that they made to the lobbies was they actually went ahead and updated the chat system, which allows you now to mute or block anyone in there. Citing a couple of issues that they were having with people complaining about being able to hear audio chat and voice chat while they were playing. This quality of life allows people that would like to focus on the game the ability to focus on the game. They also added a spam filter inside of their chat system 
not citing any specific causes, but this should help a lot of the players that were specifically concerned or having issues with people spamming inside of the chat, either doing one-letter responses or very, very frequent common things. It just allows everything inside of the chat to be a little bit cleaner and easier. So now there is a 3.5 second pause between you sending chat messages, which is super nice, super easy. There were also a couple of cosmetic changes to certain uh, icons inside of the game, specifically the cow who shall not be named and the best girl inside of the game. That's right. Velvet. Correct. Uh, replays are also automatically enabled, I believe. Now, uh, there, was a, there was a bug before where the pause menu didn't actually unpause the replays, which was kind of annoying to certain people that would showcase their replays online. But with these changes, I actually believe that Them's Fighting Herds now has one of the best lobby systems in a fighting game ever. To be very honest with you, their lobby systems are significantly, significantly better. The quality of life changes they made here were so fantastic. Uh, I cannot stress how fantastic it is to be able to mute people that you may not necessarily want to hear. Not for any, like, toxic reasons or harassment reasons or anything like that, just if you're streaming you're now able to play inside of a lobby and not have to worry about someone coming in there and just like screaming inside of their microphone, which is very comforting and very fantastic to see. I'm ha always happy to see developers that try to put the peace of mind of marginalized communities and people who may have issues uh, with certain communities in check as well. And that's something I like to see replicated in the gaming space, the gaming space as a whole. For sure. Replicate it in the gaming space. Safety for everybody. Replicate like it, it, normalize it, develop it. Yeah. Uh, that's really exciting. I gotta be completely honest. Them's Fighting Herds went from a game that I thought was interesting, but didn't have an interest in playing, to a game I want to try. But until, like, it was... I was feeling that way up until a couple minutes ago before you, like, threw the poster down. So I guess it's not something I should try because you're, you hurt the poster. I was trying to make a whole statement about, like, how, you know, we shouldn't be glorifying the commodification of games and we shouldn't feed into this culture that pushes money over values or people. But I don't feel like any of that was conveyed in my actions so what I really just want to say is play them fighting herds. Them fighting herds is a very good game. Play them fighting herds. Go to playtfh.sharpypls.com to pick up the game right now. If you get it off of Humble Bundle, the proceeds go directly to the developer as opposed to Steam. You can buy it on Humble Bundle, get the Steam code, give it to your friend, and play some good old-fashioned them fighting herds. What? Okay, so let me ask a question here. What's wrong with Arizona that you you were not a fan of? What's you the know, sitch? Elon, Elon, I'm so happy you asked me that. As a matter of fact, <coughs> the real problem with Elon, I'm, I'm sorry, Elon, the Whoa. real problem okay. with Arizona is it, it really just comes down to like three things. All right. The first thing, the first thing is that she literally goes outside and thinks to herself, what is the worst way I can win a match? And then secondly, 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 she has this rope, right? And this rope allows her to do one of the worst things you could ever do inside of a fighting game. It allows her to build meter by grabbing her opponent. Now, the third thing you will say, Sharpie, what could possibly be worse, worse than having to grab an opponent in order to recover your meter and get special back? 
I'll tell you. I'll tell you, listener. I'll tell you. The fact that you can do it on both the ground and to an opponent flying to you as an anti-air, that is a problem. It's problematic, honestly. It's a real issue, Elon. And I'm so glad that someone else besides me sees the real issues with this character. The reality is, the, the, realities, the reality is that, like, just she gets away with so much when she really shouldn't. There's a lot fundamentally that's wrong with that type of play style. I won't get into it on this podcast out of respect for our, for our viewers who may be grappler adjacent or may know someone who, God forbid, happens to not hate grapplers, honestly. But Arizona is just possibly one of the absolute worst versions of a grappler I've ever run across of in my life. Just completely and totally unapologetically grabby. Gotcha. So she, Arizona is the G word. Okay, understood. All right. Play them fighting herds. I'm going to do it at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, along with that announcement, we have a couple other announcements. Some that were made today, some that were made not today. And we're going to start with one that was made just recently. And as I'm pulling it up, I'm just going to say this sentence to fill in the time because I forgot to do this. Here we go. This was announced just recently via the Twitters. And Apology Man is presenting a North America versus Japan Guilty Gear Strive 10v10 exhibition on June 26th at 9 p.m. EST, 6 p.m. PST. You can see it at twitch.tv forward slash Apology Man. I believe he said Sejam was also commentating alongside him. Or it was somebody else. I hope I got the name right. And no, it's we definitely Sejam and Apology Man. Okay. They're both, they're both commentating. I don't know how Apology Man's commentating when he's playing in the Kumite. Is he playing? Oh, wow, he is. Interesting. He's also playing. He's literally second billing. So he's streaming, commentating, and playing. Hmm. I know that from is... experience that doesn't go very well, but I hope for Vanith's sake that he proves me wrong. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's one of those situations where somebody will be streaming on his channel, and then he will be hopping on and off comment. Anyway. Here are the teams. This was released just recently, and it's Sonic Fox, Apology Man, Justin Wong, Kizzy K, Hook Gang God, Deb, Lord Knight, Nokami, Lasso, and Kid Viper. Kid Viper, that's a name I have not heard in a hot minute. I hope they're doing okay. They're Houston. Their single went well. Wait, they're not the rapper. Nope. I mean, as far as I know, it could be the same okay. person. Uh, and we have, on the Japanese side, Goichi, Dogura, Kazunoko, Nage, Fab, Summit, T5M7, Nakamura, Domi, and Koichi. Oh, that's Tomo, by the way. Tolo. Tomo. Tomo. Oh, Tomo. Tomo. Got it. So, it, uh, this is going to be Wasita style. That Wasita style, I can talk. So, um, 10 matchups, and then you run it back. Uh, Whoever loses is eliminated. Whoever wins goes to the back of the line for their team. Um, and then you play until one team is completely gone. So we could have up to 19 sets. Uh, it is a best of three. So it's mm -hmm. going to be short, but uh, it's not going to be long sets. Uh, but it's going to be to a be lot of fun. Of three for this. I really, I feel <laughs> like this, seeing this, it makes sense that it's a first to two. It does. No, because it's like, you have to remember, these are very high-level players. It's not like 
someone's just going to get exploded and they're not going to have time to adapt. Like, this game is, for them, significantly different than I feel like other people playing it. And also, you also have to remember, 19 matches going to a first to, first to three, best of five, that would be, at minimum, four hours if it was a best of five. At minimum, at yeah. minimum four hours. Like with with someone just completely rolling through all the matches. If just if Japan just completely face rolled them completely, if Goichi just like ruined everybody, it would be four hours of a stream I, starting at nine p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I just for some reason that reminds me of one of the, uh, I think it was was it the curly mustache uh yipes was on commentary and spooky was was commentating and they had, they had run all the sets as first to four mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, they got to grand finals and uh yipes was like yo we should do this as five uh five out of nine let's do that we should do that and you just hear spooky from just off screen and say nah four out of seven man <laughs> you have to like because even with the four hour timing honestly that doesn't even account for the downtime between the matches to set it up which would be another by the way hour of just fill time of setting the match back up and everything just administrative time so it's like especially when you talk about the streamer who has to do all of that with the commentary and the ads i see it's sponsored by red bull i'm sure they're running ads like it's it's a it's a logistical nightmare and that's why you'll never see something like this at an offline event unless it's an invitational. Like, you'll mm-hmm. never see something like this. Nobody in their right mind would schedule a four- or five-hour-long event at their event knowing, even if you had all these highlighters, like, because who wants to do that in the middle of a tournament? Who wants to sacrifice that amount of manpower? But I do think it's really amazing that the community is starting to step up and just do things like this on their own. Because, one... This is one of the very first time I've seen a community-run Kumite um, since I did one for Skullgirls of, like, this international level thing. I know we kind of did it with Dragon Ball, but we don't talk about Dragon Ball's online Kumites, honestly. Like, <laughs> this is this is probably one of the very first times I've personally seen a Kumite that has a brand new game, international players, and will have actual playable netcode. Yeah, and I'm not saying I, I I saw I know what you're talking about in chat chat. Uh, Blue is stating that they did one for Grand Blue, but it was only for Japanese players. Yes, and that's because the netcode for Grand Blue is not super great. Like you don't usually see things like this. You see things like this with games that have very very prominent communities in both North America and in Japan, and those two communities also happen to be intertwined together. What we're seeing is a lot of crossover between the Dragon Ball community and the um for lack of a better word guilty gear anime fighters community right now and both japan and north america has an insane amount of talent in both regions mm-hmm. wasn't there i i vaguely remember there being a 25 versus 25 japan versus us or no it wasn't japan versus us i think it was a us east versus us west for plus r yes and yes yeah, i and do there, remember and- hearing about that but yeah. And it's there a little was bit a... different because once again it's North America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought it was Japan US, but it was just East versus West. My B. That one's on me. That rhymed. Now, and I think 
there was also a, like a 25 versus 25 in Japan for uh, Super Turbo. Mm. Or it might have been 19 there were a lot versus of, 19. There were a lot of intercontinental tournaments like this. We very infrequently see tournaments like this cover different uh, cover different countries online because of the net code. So the reason I'm excited about this is because this is the very first really big community-run Kumite from two different countries with exclusively being run online that is exclusively being run by the community for the community that was not you know like the red bull kumite that they had in person and right. when was it that was like in the uk yeah earlier this year um this is not that this is a completely different event and this is them showing this game is playable online so the only thing we really have to like go against this in recent memory would be the dragon ball uh oh us versus japan did do a plus r version okay 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 gotcha but this will be one of the like the most recent comparison would be the dragon ball championship series that we saw mm -hmm. which had uh japanese players and really high level north american players and the east coast and west coast competing on different teams but as a lot of people noted uh the gameplay did showcase unfortunately some of the downsides of the online system so it'll mm -hmm. be very interesting to see this um, shout outs to a couple of my friends that I see on there. Shout outs to Kizzy K. Shout outs to LK. Shout outs to No Kami. And shout outs to Sonic. Super happy for all of them for getting in there. And I also want to shout out on the Japanese side, Kazunoko, hands down, one of my favorite Japanese players of all time. Really excited to see him there. And FAB, Fab, fantastic, fantastic Guilty Gear player. We'll not talk about the character that he uses, but fantastic Guilty Gear player. Just really, really methodical, amazing Yomi. Like it's kind of disgusting, honestly. Now, I I, I want to bring up. A, uh, first of all, Steve, did you have anything you wanted to add? I I was gonna ask if we wanted to do any sort of pizza bet on the final score. Oh, do we? Hmm. Uh, no. I don't want to do that publicly. I'm gonna lose friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's By okay. I have no friends. Me too. So, so, so. <laughs> Me too. Now, hold on one second. You really going to remember... say that, Elon, after I came into your stream? Yeah, you were the only one. Uh, oh, so I I guess, well, I just stepped on that landmine. I apologize. Uh, that is not Elon what I meant. Now Elon has no friends, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Elon. Now you're not a liar. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Look, Elon, if you come back, I'll let you say Magnegro a second time. <laughs> I don't want to say <laughs> I almost said it. You literally <laughs> will say it. Oh, my God. Uh, hold on. Now, oh. I want to bring something up. Uh, what was the pizza bet that we did last week? Uh, last week, one was who was going to get farther out of Joey and Lud at uh, closed... Uh, the uh, closed qualifiers. Okay, cool. They were both qual closed qualifiers, so they haven't ha happened yet. Okay, great. Let's throw down this pizza bet right now. Sharpie, Sharpie, you said you withdrew, correct? Uh, you know what? Actually, as a matter of fact, Elon, in the spirit of fighting pizza, and specifically because I won last week, um, I just want to... I, I, I will go ahead and, and raise up this bet. I, I, I love free pizzas, Elon, especially when you all are the ones buying them for me. So why not? Why not? Is that, 
Is that Papa John's down there? It's the free pizza that I purchased with the money that I won from last week. Okay. I, for I forgot about it, so I apologize. I guess I'll send that money over soon. Uh, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not even hungry. I did this for show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. U.S., Japan. Who you got? I mean, who you like? Who you like? Classic fighting game phrase that everyone knows. Are we going to do the air handshake? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> All right. Who you like? U.S., Japan. Go. Steve? I got Japan. I also I'm got Japan. 10-6. Damn, I was going to give you I'm actually, I'm actually going right, to go. Right. I'm actually going to go 10-2. Wow. Okay. So 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 do we want to do this just on how many games that US wins since all three of us think Japan got this? I I think I think can we go by sets? I feel like that'll be more fair. Honestly. Well, set, yeah, sets. That's what I meant. Okay. So I was going to say, if they do not put Goichi first for whatever reason, and they put two people before Goichi, I think the score will be seven sets. I think that Sonic will be able to take one set off of Goichi before they lose. Well, now, hold on one second. The format of this is whoever wins gets to the back of the line, correct? Yeah. So okay. if Goichi's oh, really? first... Yeah, so there's no OCVs. Yeah. I mean, I guess there could mm. be, but... Yeah. So, so, so okay. it would be, yeah, there could still be a clean sweep, but yeah. it's no it's no one player running the train. It's, ah, you know, every, okay. it's everybody well, taking instance, turns in the conductor seat. Yeah. Okay, I actually so, think that that's in U.S.'s favor, to be honest with you, then. I, I don't disagree with that. Okay, so let's go, let's go with this. How many people are going to get knocked out of each team? Oh, okay. That's more fair. Um, I think easy. I think U.S. will with that format. I think. I think that U.S. will probably lose almost everybody on West Coast. Honestly, um, almost everybody on West Coast. I think they'll lose about four different people on East Coast. Yeah, so so that'll probably just I, I leave think, about three. <laughs> well, <laughs> what, I think three? we I think we've agreed that US is going to lose all ten. Correct? So yeah. who how many people from the Japan team are going to get eliminated? How many sets I think that's where our pizza bet's gonna go is how many people will yeah. get taken out on the Japan side? I personally think that I think Fab, Nakamura, and Domi get taken out first i think those would be the first three people to lose and i think after that i don't think the japanese players are going to lose anybody okay so you're saying u.s wins three three three, three sets. full sets mm -hmm. three full sets yeah not okay. games sets i say right. they win those three full sets right so three japanese then, um, players get eliminated yeah because the difference between japan and in North America, specifically this layout of North America, is the problem is that North American players don't really communicate like this. Mm -hmm. Japan does. And they're all on the same levels of tech. Like, they they play like that. Uh, the only people I see on the East 
on 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 the uh, North American side that that I know that would even be interested in doing something like that would honestly probably be like Sonic, Kizzy, LK, and Nokami, and probably Nor- Lost Soul too. I know Justin does that because he's like honorary New York, but mm-hmm. I know that like that whole conversation aspect that happens very frequently in Japanese scenes doesn't really happen in North American scenes as much. So that's gotcha. why I ultimately say they're less strong. Kind of weird. And also, okay. this is hooking God's like third fighting game they're playing competitively, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's a big bar. It's a big bar to fill. I'll be honest. I haven't been watching his play, but he's he he's the underdog, I believe, of that team. Okay. So Sharpie's got 10-3 mm-hmm. for Japan. Steve, what do you got? I got 10-6. 10 6. And it's character locked? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it's character locked. Ooh. US really doesn't have a chance. That's kind of <laughs> insane. Wow. So Sharpie okay. goes 10 3. Steve goes 10 6. It's just not a fair. It's just not a fair Kumite to be real with you. I know they're not trying to have burnout. I get that. It's just they don't want people to run the gauntlet. I also get that, but. All so, these additional rules I'm finding out now, they just don't seem very in the U.S.'s favor. <laughs> okay, so I, I mean, have the option. I apology man is like a guilt. Sorry. No, no so I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you mm-hmm. off. But now yeah, I, no, have the, uh, I have Chad the option. Chad is saying if they, had, if they had fame, if they had fame, I would be skewed more heavily towards the U.S. because that would be a very, very solid team. Mm-hmm. But I'm not seeing that right now because the reality is like – of the listing that they're presenting here, I don't even know if that's like the best Guilty Gear players in the United States of America. It's a very, very good list, but it's definitely not like hmm. the best Strive players in the America. You know, those that's a very good showing of players, but I've seen some really, really talented players just on even just on No Kami's stream. Mm-hmm. And like, it's kind of crazy to see that those players aren't on this list because those players would make US a threat but they're not as famous as some of these other names. Yeah. But, but I mean, we're is still Super like, Noon good oh, enough we... to be there? I think Super Noon's a really strong player. I don't know if they're able to play at the caliber they would need to in order to fight some of these Japanese players. We're, we're still like a week and a half into this game's life officially. So it's not well, like, yeah, no, I'm not trying to like, I'm definitely not about... on them. No, in any way, shape or form. I've just really been watching this game. I really, really enjoy Strive. I want to stress that. Because this is actually the very first game I've played, the very first fighting game I've played besides Skullgirls, that really makes me want to, like, train. I I really like Ram inside of this game. I really like Ram. I really like Giovanna. I really like the way this game plays, and I really like the mechanics inside of the game. And that makes this game very special to me. So I, I'm not saying any of this to be rude to any of the players or anything. It's just my genuine thoughts on um the fact that Giovanna is a blue drinker and the fact that literally may players don't deserve human rights now i just want to remind everybody that during beta 2 i was on the scoreboard so i'm offended that i'm not on there i was the person who took the most steps it was on the leaderboard i took the most steps in beta 2 so why am i not called anyway i have a decision to make because sharpie locked in with 10-3 steve locked in with 10-6 now do i go for the over do i go 10-7 so that if it goes any closer uh to 10 10 i get the pizza and block steve that way or do i go underneath sharpie go for a 10 2 or do i go in the middle i don't know i have three options and i each of them 
mystifies me in more than one way. The, the, the option is, how confident are you in the U.S. winning? That's the thing. Because Why do because none of us have faith you, in the U.S.? Well, it's not that I don't have faith in the U.S. It's like, how is this even going to go? I have no idea, to be completely frank. Wait, like, you haven't been I, watching any of these players? Almost I all have. of these players have been streaming. No, I have been On watching. both the Japanese and the NA side, like, yeah, both I'm of these players have a lot of recorded matches. So I've specifically watched Kizzy K quite a bit. Uh, I've mm -hmm. enjoyed watching Kizzy K stream quite a bit, so everybody go check him out if you get the chance. Kizzy K got beat now up by the computer. Why are you Japan? Kizzy K, Kizzy K got beat up by the computer Nagoriyuki in arcade mode for like an hour. Now, granted, that's the secret boss, Nago, and it, he's super hard to beat. So, but like, I haven't seen anyone else do it, so I can't compare it. Uh... I haven't seen Kid Viper play in a hot minute. Kid Viper is a Houston person. So I, I do want to put my money behind Kid Viper. Uh, you know, Lord Knight's always been good. Hook and God is really good at DBFC, but does it translate to Guilty Gear? Who knows? Uh, Justin Wong's good at any game, and he's a May player. So maybe that's going to be something. Uh, Sonic Fox, extremely multi-talented at every game they play. So what, what Sonic I do? has already fought Goichi, by the way, and won. In Guilty Gear? In specifically Strive, yeah. Sonic plays Ram. Sonic mm. and Goichi both played Ram in the Red Bull Kumite that happened, what was it, earlier this month? Last month? One of the mm -hmm. two. Um, and Goichi actually won after that point. Goichi then moved over to Seoul, and I believe now is playing Zato. Sonic is actually experimenting with a couple of different teams after that Kumite has not 100% settled on a new character yet, but they are very, very comfortable with the Goichi match, and they're one of the only people on that list that I think would actually excel against Goichi in a first to best of three. Okay, I think I have a decision. 10-8 Japan. That's my official You know what's bet. crazy is if you were really trying to be the underdog, you would bet on U.S., yeah, and well, part of me wants effectively, to. He effectively has. Part of me wants to. But since I have the highest amount of U.S. sets, if U.S. wins, I take the pizzas. So Yeah. So yeah, I'm kind I of guess. on the 50-50. I'm betting U.S. here. <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess. Good so, luck, U.S. You're going to need okay. it. 10-3 for Sharpie. 10-6 for Steve. 10-8 for me. So That's a good spread. So, can I get can I get the win if it ends up 10-7? Yeah, you, yeah, you can you have came that. Because you came in and price has rated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's okay. do it this way. Let's do it this way. We'll do a above rule, right? So anything above 10-3? Wait, hold on. Well, here, here's how I got it. So Sharpie's in a 10-3, I'm in a 10-6, you're in a 10-8. Right. So if anything, 10-0 to 10-4 in Japan's favor, Sharpie wins. Mm -hmm. I got Japan 10-5, 10-6, or 10-7. I feel Alon, like I got the smallest spread here. Yeah, no, but you also get it if 10, US 8, wins. 10, yeah, you've got 10-8, 10-9, or any US win. Like that's a really know. good spread. All right, you well, you effectively like you basically bet with us while also betting against us. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We'll let it ride. So, 
You're I'm cool better. with that formula. Somebody clip it. It's official. We got a pizza bet. And this is going to happen June 26th, which is Saturday. Saturday. This, yeah, the Saturday, yep. Oh, man. Saturday it's, night. Is that the same day that Mario Golf comes out? Uh-oh. That's going to be a problem. You know, that Nintendo should be better about their marketing. That is, that is a problem. Anyway, let's move on to our final topic. Because, look, I... There was there was something about the names that you specifically mentioned here, Sharpie, that I think means something. Now, you specifically mentioned Sonic Fox, and you specifically mentioned Nokami, and you specifically mentioned one other name that I do not remember. Now, I Lord feel like Knight. Lord Knight. Now, and Lost Soul. And All Lost Soul. East Coast players. Yeah. Now, High level East Coast players for your strive. I feel like there's an announcement involving those very names that we need to do. Hmm. You know what's crazy about that, e ah, well, Elon? Ah, sorry. I, Xana, do think that you're correct there. Okay, then let's go watch this trailer. That's a heck of an announcement. It is, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? It's um, not our very offline event. As you know, Xanadu opened up their doors about two weeks ago. Now we've been open for, uh, on both Thursdays and Saturdays, we've, we've been running fighting game events. Uh, the remainder of the days of the weeks, we focus on Super Smash Brothers specifically. But Thursdays and Saturdays right now are when we run our traditional fighting games. Uh, Thursday, we've dedicated exclusively to focus on Guilty Gear, while Saturday we run... Uh, the remainder of the fighting game tournaments that we have. So with this week, I actually had a fantastic opportunity to invite some of my very good friends to Kill Sage, Sonic Fox, as well as the good Lord Nokami uh, to come down and up to Xanadu and participate in our local scene, which I thought was a very fantastic way of basically giving my local scene an opportunity to play some of the best players on the East Coast right now. And also for a really good chance for me to, I'll be very honest, it's, a, it's very, very selfish, but I just, I really wanted to see my friends. Um, <laughs> I really haven't seen my friends in about a year and a half, a little bit more. Honestly, I haven't seen Sage in about two and a half years now, and I haven't seen Sonic in almost three. Um, so it's, I, I really just miss my friends. And quarantine was really, really difficult. It was really, really hard for me, and I know a lot of other people, to not be able to see their friends when they wanted to or be able to go to events when they wanted to. And so I felt like I should provide both my local scene and myself with an opportunity to see amazing players as well as my good friends. Now, does... This is a really stupid question now that it's coming out of my mouth. Bringing good players to your locals makes a local scene better, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Was that the question? Yes. Oh. Well, yeah. I, and I'll expand on it a little bit more. This <laughs> like is... I said, after I thought about it, I was like, wow, this is really stupid. <laughs> but I had this. No, it's, it's a good question because to be very honest with you, there are a lot of people that don't 
necessarily understand why that happens. And I can discuss a little bit more about why I do it and why I think it helps. My scene is the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. I live in the DMV and that tri-state area is very special. So it's like Xanadu is in uh, Maryland, specifically in Laurel Park, Maryland. But before that it was in Baltimore. So it was very much so in like the center of everything. And it was one of those places that like is kind of smack dab in the middle of the East Coast, which is kind of where DC is. Um, so it was it was kind of like in this small vacuum of a space where there aren't really big hubs for like large tournament scenes. So you do get really amazing players that come out from Southern Virginia or players that come out from New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania and even very strong, very talented players in Virginia as well as Maryland that come out. But unfortunately a lot of the people here at my local scene don't necessarily get the opportunity to travel just because we may not have as much visibility as other scenes uh, a good example would be um next level which is streamed by team spooky spooky is able to give people opportunities exclusively because they go to their locals and so i wanted to create a same environment the same environment at my local level as well and a big aspect of doing that is making sure that my local players had access to some of the best talent that was available on my coast, right? I happen to be very good friends with very, very strong competitive players because, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, I play games. <laughs> so when you play games and when you go to tournaments and you network, like, you get to know very, very talented players and you get to provide um, players with opportunities as well as really awesome camaraderies and, like, friendships like i consider sonic and sage to be my younger siblings to be very honest with you i consider them very very close family same with nokami it's just it's really also very awesome to be able to have them come to an event that i'm hosting and just straight up be like hey this is a really good opportunity also for my local scene to be able to play with people they may not necessarily be have an opportunity to play with in addition when things like this happen at a local level it just makes for better plays uh, for, for better players in general, when you get to a major level, when you start traveling to be out of state, my scene will be able to be very, very strong. My stream, my, my scene will be very comfortable with certain matchups and my scene will start to have a lot more knowledge than they may have prior, which is fantastic. And I think awesome. And also goes to help the community in my local area, as well as the community at large, thrive and grow. So it's almost like when you get people from outside of your local community to come play at your locals. It's like you get a different perspective on the video games that we play. Yeah. It's also very expensive. It's very expensive. If you invite people out of town, you should 100% be paying for them to find lodgings and for their travel. 100%. If you personally invite someone to come to your venue, you best be providing for them. That's very important. I want to state that to mm -hmm. all tournament organizers who are interested in inviting players from other areas. Have respect for those players, regardless of them being sponsored or unsponsored. Respect their time, respect their craft, and respect their passion. And respecting passion doesn't always mean just doing stuff for free or doing something for dinner or something like that. Even if you're very close friends, you should still always see if they would like to have certain accommodations made for their housing, for their transportation, and just in general for their food situation or payment situation. Respect the industry and respect these professionals that are giving you their time. So speaking of doing things for dinner, um, you can, that's the other thing you got to figure out is where you're going after, after your games because, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone is blessed with a Korean barbecue spot. That's true. Because that's, that's the default. True. So you, so you got to figure out something else. 
you might have you know, to go crazy? to Bomb John Chicken. So, like, Xanadu is inside of a, a racetrack. So we have a really, really huge area. Um, the, we have a food court as well because it's inside of a racetrack. So they have, like, this whole food court. They have a bar. They have, like, you know, a nice little, like, gambling station and stuff. But a lot of people opt to go to, like, there's a huge buffet. Literally, as soon as you leave the racetrack and you make, like, a right, there's a nice little shopping center. And there's, like, an ABC store because you have to buy liquor through the state ABC store in Maryland. But they also have a, a buffet right next to it where people very frequently go to get food. It's just really funny. Like, it's in the perfect location for people to have events because there's a hotel literally across the street from Xanadu so that people could just walk to the venue if they wanted and just stay right there. It makes it very, very accessible. It's right next to the train line, everything. It's just, it's probably one of the best venues I've seen for a local event in a very long time of tournament organizing. And I've been tournament organizing since I was 19. So, like, I've been doing this for almost 11 years now. It's really crazy to have the good fortune and goodwill to see a venue owned by members of the community then being able to give back to the community like this like it's just it's an honor and it's still really amazing to see the community that we're able to build with a venue like this i agree steve what were by you gonna way, say go ahead i was gonna say um bonchon chicken is legit i i i'm sad that i that it took me this long to finally have it uh that stuff is the truth. I, I, Would you I say think it's too legit to... to quit, Steve? It is too legit to quit. It It's something we need to pray. Uh, I would give it a pumps and a bump out of 10. Um, and when I, whenever I see it, I say, hey, it's Hammer Time. Speaking of Hammer Time. I will time. reference all the songs, baby. All the songs. Speaking of Hammer Time. There's hammers and clocks. I don't know if you knew this. And the hammer has struck 7.30, which means we have to end our show. Unfortunately, we are at time. So it is hammer time. I just rhyme time with time. I'm a real rapper now. This has been... Never say that again, Elon. <laughs> you're, you're back down to one Mag Negro. <laughs> I don't want to say it, though. God I can't believe it, I Steve. almost said it. I can't believe I almost said it that other time, though. I legit... Like, it almost happened. It was bad. Anyway, this... Has been yet another episode of Best of Five, your weekly FGC-ish talk show. Uh, we'll be back next week with more. But for now, we have to say our goodbyes. So I have been Elon. This is my social media handle. We've been joined by the main squeeze, Steve Ace King Officer Jurek. And the multi-talented, extreme badass, the Purple Sharpie. Quinta, play Skullgirls with me. I really enjoy your book. It's really good, and it's helping me be really funny. But yeah, play Skullgirls with me, Quinta. Please? Do it. Or else. Good night, Mag Negro. Every real podcaster has a sign-off phrase, Steve.